Hello, I'm Lucy. And I'm Michelle. Welcome to another episode of Tudoriferous, the biographical podcast that examines lives in the Tudor era. And today, somebody I'm really looking forward to learning about, Margaret Tudor, who ends up being Queen of Scots. Part two. Part two. Part two. Yes, because if you remember last week... Yes. We left her, she was heading down to the English court yes, to yes, see her yes. family again. Um, and away from her awful husband, Angus. Oh, <laughs> that guy really does not need to exist. <laughs> he really doesn't. We don't need people like that. Everybody has a right to exist. <laughs> <laughs> yes, they do. You're right. Yes. <laughs> but you'll find as we go along, you will... You know, you're not going to like him. He okay. doesn't improve. He's a very much like, um, well, the, um, our patrons will know, Girolamo Riario, who oh, was the no! husband of Caterina Sforza, and he is quite similar in many ways. Oh, yes, I we didn't, didn't like, like him. him either. No. So it must have been quite strange for Margaret. She sat with Mary and Catherine watching Henry showing off in a jousting tournament. No kidding. How, wait, how long has it been? I'm trying to remember. How I think long it was 13 years before yeah. since she's seen them. 13 years in a different court with different customs, different rules. Yeah, and Ooh, so much has happened. I she had a Scottish accent. Oh, yes. A, re- a really broad Glaswegian one would be good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but later they heard that little James was ill and Henry sent a letter to Albany telling him that if the boy died, he'd hold Albany personally responsible. He was he was in charge of her other son, Alexander, yeah. when he died. I mean, children died. That's the trouble. But Yes. But at least when they're under your own control, you don't have somebody else to blame. Yeah. But luckily, he got better. Because if he had died, it might have been the get-out clause that Albany wanted, because he didn't want to be in Scotland. No. He wanted to go back to his wife in France, only the Scottish Council wouldn't let him. Yes. So Margaret wanted to be in Scotland with her children, but the Scottish Council wouldn't let her. And Albany wanted to leave, but the Scottish Council wouldn't let him. (laughs) (laughs) But they did agree to send all the money that was due to her. And she'd been expecting £14,334. This is rents on her land. Right. She received £114. What? Some of it had been filtered off by her husband, although he denied it. Who has a right to it. He has a right to it. He has a right to all of it. Yep. He has a right to everything she owns. (sighs) So the only person that was nice to her for money happened to be her dad, which is ironic. All the other kings have been awful to their daughters and not paid the dowries. Yeah, no, as well, well, as we find, there is another person who's nice to her, and quite surprisingly, oh. yes. Oh. Um, just before Christmas, she had to go to Woolsey for a loan of £200 so she could buy New Year's presents for her family. Oh. Was Woolsey nice to her? I don't know. I was just wondering what sort of interest he might charge. I don't know. If he wants to keep the king happy, just give it to her. Yeah. Maybe. He has plenty. That's he is not short of a bubble to. Hampton Court. <laughs> a truce between England and Scotland meant that Margaret could think about returning home to see her son. Because she was feeling very much like the poor relation in Henry's court. Well, she was the poor relation in Henry's court. Yeah, yes. 
And Albany had said that she would be, quote, heartily welcome, unquote, if she came home. Oh. He did stipulate that she could only bring 24 servants, though. He didn't want her turning up with an army. Okay. Also, she wasn't to expect to be regent. That was beyond negotiation. Well, she lost that when she got remarried. Yes, she did. It was obvious, though, that he didn't trust her in Henry's court. He wanted her back where he could keep an eye on her. Oh, so it yeah. wasn't like, you know what? I like you. We're good. Please come back. Your son misses you. We'll treat you really well. It's just like, you come back. We'll put you under surveillance. I think that having come across Albany all the way through this, I imagine there's a bit of both. Okay. He he comes across as quite a decent person. Well, I was going to say he comes across as a decent person. He comes across as so much more decent than the other men in this story. Oh, no. <laughs> Maybe he's an ordinary person, but he just comes across as a saint in comparison. Oh, jeez. <laughs> yes. Apart from that, it all seemed to be quite amicable, except that before she left, she told Henry not to uphold any peace treaty unless she were treated honourably when she got back from Scotland. Which does seem a little self-centred, I thought. You know, feel free to wage war, you know, one country against another in which men will die if if the Scottish councils are mean to me. But with the way women are treated now, I I would probably want to do the same thing. Like, this is the only negotiation card I have. Yeah. Yeah, I know, I I could see both sides. But yes, she sometimes she says... It's, it's all me. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> you think, okay. actually, it's a bigger picture. Okay. By the time she reached York, she received news that Albany was heading back to France and had left a Regency Council in charge, including the Earl of Angus, Margaret's husband. So that boded quite well, really, because he was James's stepdad after all. So. Yeah. And Angus came to meet her at the Scottish border. So that's nice. Did Was that... An amicable parting with the Regency Council, or was he forced out? He's in the Regency Council. No, not Angus. Albany. Oh, yeah. No, he's he's just had to pop back to France, and he's left them in charge. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, Angus comes to the Scottish border, but what late Lord Dacre knew that Margaret didn't know is that Angus had been ordered to do so. He hadn't gone voluntarily. Oh, come on. This is your wife. I know it was an arranged marriage and you don't really like her. but It wasn't an arranged marriage. They they chose each other. Well, I'm assuming she chose him. Yes, it's his grandfather told him to do it. Yeah. He he was quite happy to do it because of the power it would bring. Okay. But he didn't want her. I don't know. Even if I was forced into an arranged marriage, I'd still want to be nice. It's going gonna, it's gonna to go both ways, isn't it? I mean, if, if you're horrible to your partner, you've now got a horrible marriage. Yes. Why not be nice and live in a nice marriage? Yes. It's going to be more this. pleasant if you at least try to get along. Yeah. Well, as soon as she got back to Edinburgh, she rushed off to see her son, as she'd been told she could by Albany, as long as she only had four servants with her and she was not allowed to lodge with him overnight. Okay. But she was refused entry. What? The governor of David's Tower said he hadn't received authorization from the council. Oh. And so it was, it was more than his job was worth. So she didn't see her son for two months. Mm, that would be heartbreaking. Yeah, it doesn't seem a long time, but I bet it was. And, then, and after that, it was more or less by fluke because there was plague at the castle, which took the lives of several of the king's household. And so young James was moved to Craig Miller, 
where the governor was willing to turn a blind eye to Margaret visiting her son. So Thank you. Yeah. Posthumous thank you. And the reason the council were holding back on letting her see James was that they were worried that she'd tuck him under her arm and leg it back to England with him. Ah, OK. Because they, their greatest fear was that she'd hand him over to Henry because whoever had the person of the young king was regent, really. Not officially, but in effect. Yes. Yeah. The council never really trusted Margaret again following her flight to England. I mean, she'd sort, she'd sort of shown where her loyalties lay, didn't she, by going back to her brother and... Yeah. But so far, the only people who have really treated her really well was her family. Yeah. Although Henry refused to give her inheritance. Uh, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. now we see her husband in his true colours. She had assumed that he could campaign to get, the re get her the regency of her son. But he was only interested in that in as far as it gave him power. Right. He was taking all the rents from her land and not giving her anything. And in fact, it was worse than that since it was her money that was funding his mistress. <gasps> oh. yeah. And he was openly living with his mistress in Newark, which was Margaret's house. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. I would be so mad. Yeah. Even if I don't love you, you're, you're really slapping me in the face with an old fish. Mm. And she was stuck in a catch-22 as well, because Henry would only send assistance to her when she'd gained the regency. Ah! Oh. I assume the logic was that there was no point spending good money on her as a private individual. Oh, no! <laughs> she was only worth something if she were regent. But she oh. couldn't get the regency because she had little support. Yeah. So, and no chance to act, and a husband who was a monster. Uh, well, wait, was he... Right now, he's not being kind, but he's not beating her. He's not... Was was he really a monster? Are we just not covering how much of a monster he was? Um, it's not just her. He is generally a monster. Oh, okay. <laughs> we'll go with monster then. Yeah. Hmm. The whole thing seems so hopeless that she petitioned her brother to let her return to England. But I guess she couldn't be any use in England, whereas she might be some use in Scotland if she stayed, so... He just said, no, you're, you're all right. Stay there. Hmm. She did manage to get some of her money out of her husband. He was made to sign a bond promising her some of it. Some of it. <laughs> <laughs> but he was soon petitioning to be released from the bond so that he could start taking all the money again. And he had the backing of his very powerful family. <laughs> Margaret wrote to Henry to say, look how I'm living. Look how I'm treated. Is this really how you think your sister should live? And think how it reflects on you. Yes. I'm being treated thinking, in this way. <laughs> that is the best argument for Henry. I think so, yes. You are being, um, what's that called? Snubbed. Snubbed. Yeah. yeah. You're being dishonored by this behavior. Yeah. And Margaret talked of getting a divorce from her husband, but Henry was shocked. A divorce in the family? Never, he said. What? what? Really? Yeah. He was, he was very <laughs> anti-divorce before he got one. <laughs> Oh, how the worm has turned. <laughs> yes, he's like these people who give up smoking and then berate people who do smoke. Mm, yes. He sent a priest to try for reconciliation with her husband, but Margaret said, well, thanks, but no thanks. No. Make him change. <laughs> yeah. Margaret decided the only way she could get money was to sell some of her dower lands back to the crown. Because... Uh-oh. Yeah, the Crown agreed to pay £2,000 for some of it. 
but her husband was having none of it. Or rather, he was having all of it, if he possibly could. Yes, and if she sold it, there's still no guarantee she's going to get the money. He could just take that money. Well, precisely, yes. Although it is her dower land, so I think she has more of a right to that than she has, no? Not once they're married. Oh, I'm picking English law. I don't know about Scottish law. Not sure. Anyway, quote, My Lord of Angus is spouse and husband to the Queen's grace, by reason whereof he is lord of her person, dowry, and all other goods pertaining to her highness, and may dispose thereupon at his pleasure, unquote. So, yeah, the dower lands are included. Luckily, the council took no notice of all his blustering. So, they don't like him any more than she does. No. It doesn't sound like anybody would like a person like that. He does not. No. Hmm. Apart from the mistress. Well, then we don't really know, do we? She likes him because he's paying for her upkeep and mm. giving her money. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe that's the only reason she <laughs> likes him. Well, talking of money, Margaret was living with a constant nagging worry. The French had given James IV a fair bit of money, 18,000 crowns, before Flodden. After his death, Margaret took charge of it and spent it despite the fact she had no actual right to it. So she was constantly burdened by the fear that at some point someone was going to ask for it back. (laughs) Yes. Oh, goodness. Yes. Then Angus conducted a mini coup. The deputy governor of Edinburgh, the Earl of Arran, left the city when disease appeared, and when he got back, the Angus family had him locked out. Oh. Yeah. Just knocking at the door. Hello, let me in, let me in. I live here. Henry sent another priest to try and persuade Margaret to get back with Angus and avoid the total humiliation of divorce. But she knew what Angus was like, selfish, greedy, unfaithful. So she said, yes, unfortunately. Oh, really? Yeah. I mean, why would she do such a crazy thing? Her immortal soul is in peril. That's never mentioned. Yeah, it was... The Angus family are now running Edinburgh and Angus is standing up to the council. So Margaret may have thought that he was going to be the one with all the power. It might be a good idea to cling to his apron strings and hope that he would grant her control of her son or at least access to her son. It's quite a risky business given that he appears to have complete contempt for her. Her supporters begged her to think again but she was adamant. Also, there was the little matter that he had their daughter, Margaret Douglas. Oh. Yeah, following an argument, when Margaret remonstrated with him for the fact that he was living with his mistress, Angus had grabbed little Margaret and taken her home with him. Oh, gosh. So, how, how is she going to see Margaret again unless she mm. goes conciliatory with this, this person? But her decision to get back with Angus, I'd have thought, would be only half the battle. Would he want her? Yeah, would she be knocking at the door saying, Yes. Well, yes. They met on the way to Edinburgh and entered the city together as loving man and wife. And Angus wrote to Henry, quote, Her Highness is full heartily pleased to resort and remain with me, her husband and servant, unquote. Well, Liar. Margaret was anything but heartily pleased. She had only one use for Angus, and as soon as she reached Edinburgh, she rushed off to see her son. That's what she wanted him for. <sighs> This poor woman. Yeah, well, (laughs) that winter she caught smallpox. Oh, wow. It was so bad that she said she couldn't sit up, move her hands or even talk. Oh, yeah, because they can get in the mouth. Yeah. And the throat. 
And while she was ill in bed, Angus's family confronted several other nobles and they fought through the streets of Edinburgh. What? <laughs> 70 men were killed and the Earl of Arran, who apparently had managed to get into Edinburgh, had, had to flee. Oh, my goodness. So she's lying in bed and outside she can hear shouting People and dying. screaming. and Yeah. Angus became so powerful that when she was well enough, Margaret agreed with the council to write to Albany, begging him not only to come back, but also to help her with her divorce. That was a very short-lived reconciliation. No kidding. How uh, Surviving smallpox was not very common, and those that did ended up horribly scarred. I don't know. We don't hear about that. And obviously the pictures, the portraits don't show her scarred. And was she blinded? Because that's another... Okay. No. Wow, she really got through that with lucky Mm. break. Yeah. Wait, you said three husbands, so she obviously was attractive enough to get married a third time. Yes, that's true. Okay. Okay. Yeah, you don't hear anything about being pockmarked at all. No, I was thinking of... um, well, Elizabeth was pockmarked, wasn't she? But yeah, Mary, Mary Dudley, right? Robert Dudley's oh yes. sister was so horribly scarred that she lived in isolation for the rest she of her life. She out. never came into public again. Mm. Yeah. Even Albany, the man she accused of killing her son Alexander, was better than her own husband. She thought. I would say so. Yeah, Albany was at the field of cloth of gold where Henry and Francis I were discussing what to do with Scotland, amongst other things. Really? (laughs) It is a prize to be won and has no say. (laughs) Francis was all for Albany going back to Scotland. But Henry said, no, definitely not. That would be a stupid idea. But then Margaret's letter to Albany arrived, saying, please come back. Please come back, we need you. And Henry was furious. It should be an asset to have a sister who'd who'd been married to the King of Scotland, and she was just a liability. You know, he's saying to he's in the middle of saying to Francis, no, no, we don't want him to go back. Scotland doesn't want him to go back. Nobody wants him. And then Margaret writes to him and says, we want him. Please send him. Yeah, but he has done nothing to help her. What makes him think that that's going to entice her to do anything he needs? Because he's Henry. Oh, yeah. Sorry. I forgot forgot what we were talking about. Logic does not prevail. Okay. It doesn't. Everything revolves around Henry. And also, he'd be feeling humiliated, as Francis would say, well, I told you so. Good. <laughs> Deserves it. <laughs> the last thing Henry wanted was Albany in charge, answerable to Francis. He wanted Angus in charge, so Margaret must just grit her teeth and get back by her husband's side. Yeah, but Angus isn't any better. Angus isn't listening to Henry. And he obviously doesn't care a whit about his wife. So how is that better? He's a bit... Well, Albany is obviously out of the question because he is directly answerable to to Francis. So the the if you've got the two alternatives... Yeah, at least Angus is neutral. Yes, and if if Margaret can only sort of pull herself together, lie back and think of Scotland and... Oh, no! (laughs) um, (laughs) Then he's got the direct route to, to Angus. So... But she's she's not playing the game for some reason. For some reason? Oh, goodness, why? (laughs) I don't know. They have her children. (laughs) Well, the trouble was with Margaret, she didn't seem to understand where her duty lay. And her duty lay with making life as easy as possible for Henry. As, indeed, everybody's duty did. Mm -hmm. 
Francis seems to have been a little more diplomatically savvy than Henry. He decided not to antagonise Henry by sending Albany back to Scotland. Instead, he sent him to Rome, where he could put in a good word for Margaret's divorce. In other words, he was denuding Angus of power by the back door. Because even if Henry had Angus in his back pocket, a lot of good it would do him if Angus was completely powerless because he was no longer married to Margaret. He'd just be a private citizen again. Right. Hmm. Sometime in 1520, when everyone was at supper, Margaret stole away into the night with six people until she rendezvoused with the Earl of Arran. And he was the one chased out of Edinburgh by Angus. And she continued to write to Albany. She's the second time she sneaked off and hid, hidden away. <laughs> <laughs> so she's siding with all of Angus's enemies. The council told Albany that if he didn't return by the 21st of August 1521, he would forfeit the regency. And he told them he would be back by that date. Please make sure that Margaret has all the money owing to her and tied her over with money from his own coffers, coffers until it was sorted out. Oh dear, oh dear, oh dear, oh dear, I'm about to lose any and all power. <laughs> well, he's obviously on the charm offensive. Yeah. But all the same, it must have been quite a relief for Margaret, because I don't know what she's living on at the moment. Henry was completely dumbfounded that he'd gone against everything he'd told her to do. In fact, she was doing precisely the opposite of what he'd told her to do. He literally couldn't believe it. <laughs> <laughs> Margaret wrote, itemising all the wrongs her husband had done her, but was, ju was just told by Henry, you made this marriage without asking my permission, you've just got to lump it. Albany arrived in Edinburgh, where he was given the keys to the city, which he promptly handed to Margaret. So now she had everything. She had money, access to her son, a divorce petition was being sent to the Pope, but it was not her husband or her brother who had got all this for her, it was Albany. It was her. Well, yeah, her and her own actions. Hmm. He'd been away for a few years. Somehow, whenever he thought of returning, he'd get sidetracked. And he was meant to be bringing with him a certain Richard de la Pole. Oh! <laughs> but for some reason, he didn't come. Maybe better if he had, because he wouldn't have ended up at the Battle of Pavia then, would he? Yes. But if Albany had brought him, could it have been for any other reason than just to stir things up with England? <laughs> I can't think of any other reason for Richard de la Pole being there. I mean, he's claiming the English throne. Yeah. Margaret wrote a letter to Lord Dacre, quote, Were it not for the kindness he, Albany, hath shown me, both of his own monies given to me, and caused the lords to furnish me of the readiest of the king my sons, I would have been constrained to have put away my jewels and cupboard. I must bear good mind where I find good deed, unquote. Mm -hmm. By cupboard, she means her gold plate. Yeah. So she, she recognises that her best bet is Albany. He's the only person who's doing anything for, for her at all. So yeah. he might have his own agenda, but I don't at least care. she's got some money. Yeah. Where's her daughter? Does she have her daughter right now? No. Ugh. I'm not even sure she sees her again, but she will get her own episode next season. So we will find out all what happens to her then. Okay. In 2032. <laughs> <laughs> When she sided with Albany, she reported to Woolsey, while she may not have been regent, she was the next best thing. She had access to her son and she was part of the business of the state. So Woolsey decided that now was the time for a smear campaign. On her? On her. She spread the rumour that Margaret only wanted the divorce from her husband so she could marry Albany. 
this rumour oh. conveniently forgetting that Albany was already married. Oh, my goodness. Then he would usurp the throne, shove James V out of the way and take the crown himself. No one on the Scottish Council believed a word of it, though. Good. Angus was now accused of high treason. Good. (laughs) Although Margaret asked Albany to exile him and not to execute him. I mean, I'd find it very hard to say, kill him. Yeah, I couldn't do that either. (laughs) But maybe she's thinking about her daughter and how her children would be affected. Yeah. One of the Angus family, Gavin Douglas, had gone to Henry's court to pave the way for Angus to go there. So things have gone weird. Henry is now preparing to harbour the strange and bitterly resented husband of her sister, while she is siding with his French-backed enemy. (laughs) (laughs) Gavin Douglas was was now disseminating slander against Albany and Margaret. Albany was responsible for the death of Margaret's youngest son. He was keeping the king in poverty, stealing treasure funds and spending it all on himself. And he and Margaret were lovers. This is what uh, Gavin Douglas is claiming. But Angus was doing the same. Yeah, but he's a man. <laughs> yeah. Yep, I think, I don't think we can really look for uh, what, what would be the opposite of hypocrisy. <laughs> <laughs> what is the opposite of hypocrisy? I don't know. <laughs> uh, recent argument, I suppose. Margaret had no idea that all this was going on. So when a messenger arrived with a letter from Henry, she was excited to hear from him and expected it to be all about peace and reconciliation. She was completely taken unawares by the invective against her. How could you be unaware about it? Well, I suppose it was all taking place in England. The The council presumably have heard about it, but nobody's told her. Maybe no one dared. I don't know. I don't know if I'd want to. No. Henry said that she could expect no help from him unless she sorted herself out and came round to his way of thinking. And she took her time composing the reply, but she told him that it, no. didn't, refl- it didn't reflect well on him that he should choose to believe someone like Gavin Douglas rather than his own sister. True. The Henry then wrote to Albany, accusing him of having a, quote, dishonest love, unquote, for Margaret. And he continued, quote, depart pleasantly or bide the bl- <laughs> this is a tongue twister, or bide the brunt of battle, unquote. And Albany was outraged. Yeah. He said, quote, I greatly marvel that the King's Highness, upon light reports, would have the Queen, his sister, to be so openly slandered. As if I kept the said Queen as if she were my wife or concubine. All my life I will deny it, unquote. So a bit of an own, own goal from Henry there, I think. But he was still wittering on about his wife's place was by her husband's side, however oh. errant the, the husband might be. Well, yeah, Henry is having many mistresses. Yeah, I suppose the wife should be by the husband's side until the husband gets bored of her and cuts her head off. Yes. <laughs> but it was all moot now since Angus had been caught and exiled. And apparently he refused to go, so he was drugged at an inn, dumped on a boat, and didn't wake up till the boat arrived in Dieppe. (laughs) (laughs) What a way to go. (laughs) You wake up, where am I? Where am I? (laughs) Everyone's eating croissant. (laughs) (laughs) Can I have a croissant? Scotland and France strengthened the old alliance, including an agreement to a future marriage between James V and a French princess, when they had one handy. 
when they had one handy. <laughs> we'll find one. <laughs> yes. Francis planned to go to war with England and wanted Scotland's help. Oh, yeah, we're on to Francis. Yes, we are. I mean, you can see why Henry should have reacted so over the top, surely, I suppose, because, yeah, Henry had sided with the Holy Roman Emperor Charles V and sent Charles Brandon to France to attain, quote, his ancient right and title to the crown of France to his singular comfort and eternal honour, unquote. So nothing much, just pop over to France, would you, Charles, and get me the French crown. <laughs> and it was a complete fiasco, as we'll hear in the next season in Brandon's episode, and he came home in the deepest disgrace. Francis persuaded a reluctant Albany to invade from the north, as Francis invaded from the south. But Margaret, Margaret had been here before and was terrified of another Flodden. So she asked Albany to sue for peace. Lord Dacre had been on the border sending irritating little raids into Scotland whenever the fancy took him and financing Angus to cause trouble for Albany. But now that had backfired. Scotland had an army of 80,000 men. And as we heard before, it might be some Danish ones in there, but we're not sure. Dacre didn't have anywhere near that number most of the English fighters having gone to France with Brandon. Since he hadn't been given permission by Henry to sue for peace, he decided to use Margaret as his means of getting out of this awkward situation. If it all went wrong, he could always blame her. Oh. Everybody else does. <laughs> and with Henry's opinion of her at the moment, he was sure to believe whatever he heard of her. Well, Margaret wasn't an idiot. She knew what Dacre was up to. But she decided that if it meant peace, it was worth it and a month's truce was agreed upon. And this backfired on both the signatories, since Henry was annoyed with Dacre for overstepping his authority, and Francis summoned Albany back to France to explain what had happened to that whole invading England thing. <laughs> um. <laughs> yeah, I had a better idea. <laughs> Wolsey would give Margaret the credit for procuring the peace, although he said it was, quote, displeasant, unquote, to Henry, who wanted to try, quote, his righteous quarrel with the aid of God by force of battle, unquote. So another, not, another reason to be annoyed with Margaret. She had deprived him of his chance to bash the Scots. This is so dumb. <laughs> However, Albany's recall to France had played right into Henry's hands. While he was out of Scotland, Henry was quick to bury the hatchet with his sister and offer an extended truce of 16 years. And I don't know where he got that number if the Scots refused to let Albany back in. He even offered a marriage between Princess Mary, that's his daughter, not his sister, and, God. Ja <laughs> <laughs> and James V. And they're first cousins, but you know, needs must. So. But then, wait. They've, they've never met, have they? I Mary mean, ended up marrying Philip. Was, wasn't Philip her first? No. Yeah. Wasn't Philip her first? They were closely cousin? related, but I can't remember... Wait, no, Charles V was the nephew of Catherine's second cousins. Okay. Right. Albany counteracted this by sending Margaret and each person on the Regency Council 10,000 French crowns to spend on something pretty, just for themselves. Aw, thank you. Yeah. Only I'm stay loyal to me. <laughs> <laughs> I love goats. I love goats too. <laughs> They're so much fun. Hmm. Margaret changed sides. And I wondered, I didn't read this anywhere, but I did wonder if there was something about Albany himself. Because when she's in his presence, she's definitely Team Albany. 
But when she goes away, it's as though the spell's been broken. And oh. she's just changed sides. Charisma? Maybe. Hmm. She decided her best bet was with her brother. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> I can answer that. The answer is no. <laughs> yeah. And she became so anti-Albany that in August 1523, she read out a letter purporting to be from her son to Parliament. And James is 11 at this point. In this letter, he, she, demands to be released from Albany's rule. Because it's always an awkward situation to be on a Regency Council as the king near his majority. Yeah. You don't want to do anything to antagonise him because, you know, two or three years down the line, he's yeah, going to have a lot gonna of power. Yeah, he's going to be calling the shots. Mm. Quite literally. Luckily for them, they received a letter from Albany saying, hold everything, I'm on my way. And I have 10,000 men. Let's attack England. So the council just waited because it seemed to be the safest thing to do. (laughs) (laughs) Margaret had been panicking because the worst thing in these political marriages is when the country of birth and the country of marriage go to war, as she knew. Which happens so often. Yeah. She decided to kidnap her son while he was out hunting and to take him to the council where he could tell them himself what he wanted. And he wanted peace, she said. Okay. Sounds logical, except for the kidnapping part. Yeah, I mean, she's his mum. I mean, it's... Yeah, how do you kidnap your own son? Yeah. I mean, uh, it would be a bit scary for him if strange men arrived and said, are we going to take you to your mum? You think, are you? Do you have candy? (laughs) (laughs) Henry ordered an English lord to attack a Scottish town to create a decoy to enable Margaret to kidnap James. So Henry's in on the plot as well. Oh, so now she's helping him. Yes. The town was burnt to the ground, but Margaret didn't manage to kidnap the son. Oh, my goodness. That's the second town that's been burnt. (laughs) (laughs) The guys on the castle are like, hey, do you have any marshmallows? We'll just watch. (laughs) And and Albany's now pulling into the harbour. What would he have to say about all Margaret's plotting and scheming? She considered escaping to England again. She was in negotiations with the English, including Wolsey, and they agreed to help her escape. Although in private, they were thinking about all the costs and expenses. It would be more profitable if she were to stay in Scotland. With Albany away, she'd been some use to them, but now he's back. She's lost her purpose, really. Mm -hmm. Not realising this... When the Earl of Surrey wrote to her asking for information about Albany's troop movements, she sent him a detailed account. This was a bit rash on her part. Even Woolsey, who very handily for historians writes what he thinks about letters in the margin of the letters, which is nice, wrote that if letters like this were intercepted, quote, it might be her final destruction, unquote. Oh. Because she's been treasonous now. Yes. In fact, Albany knew all about it. And yet he did nothing, which implies that he's either quite fond of her or he didn't want to do anything that might hurt the King of England's sister and antagonise Henry further. he thinks she but has th- absolutely no power anyway and nothing's going to happen? Maybe. Hmm. Maybe. He was adamant that he was going to invade England, though. He must have got a real dressing down from Francis when he got back from t- to France. Hi. <laughs> yeah. How dare you sue for peace? Honey, I'm home. <laughs> Go back and do it properly this time. (laughs) What are you doing? (laughs) He met with the Scottish lords and made a rousing speech calling for the revenge for Flodden. 
Margaret and her son went to Stirling Castle and waited to see what would happen. Oh, at least they're together. Yeah. But they always are when Albany's around. That's lovely. <laughs> it is, really. It is. On the 1st of November, Albany and his men besieged Walk Castle on the border by the River Tweed. And it's now just a lump of rock with grass growing on it. But then Albany ordered his troops across the river into England and the Scottish troops said, hell no. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what are you doing? Get out. Well, while Albany was pushing this war as a revenge for Flodden, the Scottish troops were afraid it would just prove to be another Flodden. Yeah. This is really the kind of thing they ought to have sorted out at the planning stage, I think. <laughs> <laughs> were the Scottish troops not told where they were going? Um, <laughs> you know this battlefield is cursed, right? <laughs> we don't do this anymore. No. Well, he's Albany set off with his French troops, leaving the Scots behind. Uh-oh. You do not have enough troops. He doesn't got enough troops. The head of Surrey's on his way, and he no longer has enough troops. He has to go back to Edinburgh. Mm -hmm. He must have realised that Margaret's reporting of his troops' movement had scuppered his campaign. And he demanded that Margaret leave Stirling Castle and her son. I mean, he's just he's just failed to win a battle. Because well, of he'd her. He'd probably say it was entirely because of her. In fact, it's partly because he, he couldn't take all his troops. But oh dear. Uh, the Earl of Surrey obviously knew all about it. Uh, Albany, up until now, he's come across as a very urbane, sensible, most gentle person. But apparently he had, a, he had a habit of throwing his hat into the fire when he was riled. I'd rather uh, that than striking somebody. Yes, or even gnawing the carpet. Yeah. He, joked, <laughs> yeah. he joked that he got through 30 hats that way. <laughs> <laughs> Those are not cheap. No. Anyway, Margaret refused to go. She wasn't leaving her son. Albany and the Lords had to go to her... And she asked them what she'd done to deserve such treatment. Whether she didn't realise they knew that she'd been passing on information or whether she didn't see that spying for the enemy was a big deal. It's my sure. brother. Yeah, I think that's how she saw it. Yeah. I'm trying to keep the peace. Yes. I mean, she'd have seen that she everything she did was to Part stop war. Role? Yeah. yeah. But from the other side, it doesn't look so good. <laughs> no. I admit, if somebody had done that to me, I'd be quite upset. Yeah. Yeah, I think they both... There's, there's, there's a good argument on both sides. <laughs> yep. Albany told her that he had men ready who would take the king to a different castle. Which is a curious thing for a, re a regent to do. It was effectively a kidnapping. But Margaret had to agree. But she wrote many, many letters to Henry and the Earl of Surrey, bitterly complaining of her treatment. But she didn't get much back from them. Of course not. Obviously, she wasn't going to be any, in a position to give them any more information about troop movements, so not much help to, to them anymore. But now in, Henry's, don't care. in Henry's defence, he was being attacked from Scotland and France, so he was probably pretty busy. Albany was now keen for peace. Now that he'd belatedly discovered that the Scottish soldiers had no intention of crossing over to England... Again, why didn't he find out that before he started? Yeah. He's just humiliated himself. This had a double benefit for Margaret. She was getting the peace she wanted, and presumably so as not to antagonise Henry during the peace negotiations, Albany said she could stay with her son. It does seem to be his default setting. Yeah. You know, keep them together. 
Which is nice. Or it's easier to keep an eye on both of them if they're in the same spot. Yeah. I'm not sure how to take that now. I suppose James is less likely to turn against Albany. If, yes. As well, later when he has the power. Yeah. Albany was keen to get the discussions done and dusted as soon as he could, since Francis I wouldn't let him go back to France until he'd done it, and his wife was seriously ill. Albany and Wolsey corresponded directly during this time, so there was no role for Margaret. She was still not getting let any letters from Henry. Quote, I perceive I am forgot with the king's grace, which is right displeasure unto me, unquote. Are, is she forgot or are they being intercepted and not being passed on to her? I don't think he's writing that often. Oh. He might be he might be writing more often than she's getting them, but he's not really. Well, Henry was famous for not liking writing. That was mm. one of the things about the fact that he was writing letters to Anne Boleyn was how yeah. obsessed he must have been to be willing to write so many letters. Yeah, obviously not obsessed with his sister. No. There were rumours going around that Henry had invited Margaret's husband, Angus, to his court. Oh, that wouldn't look good. Not, but not from Margaret's perspective. To either Margaret or Scotland. No. Or England, really. You wouldn't want him, would you? The only person who seems to have any interest in Margaret was Albany. He invited her to live in France, where he said Francis would give her a pension. James could marry a French princess. Margaret made sure that news of this offer got back to Henry. You know, look how nice he's being. He's yeah, can, being. Can't you do this for me? Otherwise, I mm. am going to pick up my son and go. Mm. Well, unfortunately, Lord Dacre intercepted the letter and added Margaret's seal. So what had previously been an offer from Albany now appeared to be a deal agreed to and signed mm. by Margaret. He is so devious, Lord Dacre. I'd like yeah. to find out a bit more about him. Dacre then wrote to Margaret to point out oh, that she wait, just... How come he has her seal? I don't know. I wondered that. He did accompany her down through England. I don't know. Maybe we look into Lord Dacre. I might find that she thought she'd lost her seal and turned out he'd stolen it. I don't know. Wouldn't put it past him. Mm. He's a very devious man. Okay. Dacre then wrote to Margaret to point out that she had just betrayed her brother, the King of England. Margaret was completely bewildered because she hadn't put her name to she anything. She hadn't done it. No. <laughs> what are you talking about? Well, your seal is here and you only have your seal. Yeah. Mm. Mm. She just wanted to threaten Henry with what might happen if he allowed Angus into his court. Well, I might go to France. You know, the offer's there. Yeah. It's nice. Get to eat croissant. Yeah. I'll go to southern France where it's nice and pretty. Mm-hmm. Nice and warm. Fresh yeah. wine. Northern France is nice too. I've never <laughs> been. I just know that southern France you get here, we get the tourism pictures of the wine country and beautiful yeah. beaches and, yeah. Oh, yeah. In May, Albany left for France, hopefully in time to see his wife. He tried to get Margaret to agree not to side with England, but she wouldn't agree. Given that she wasn't getting help from either side, I suppose it was sensible to keep her options open. But <laughs> She goes to Ireland. <laughs> <laughs> help me! <laughs> Well, she was keen that James should now take power in his own right, although he was only 12. Mm. Has anybody actually taken power when they're 12 successfully? I was about to say one of our Patreon episodes was about 
the Sultan, Mehmed, and he took power when he was that age, but he failed. <laughs> His dad came back out of retirement and said, what are you doing? Cuff. Well, I think that she's not really saying he should have power in his own right. She's saying, I should have it. Yes. Then she got a letter from Henry. And she must have opened it with delight, since, as we've said, letters from her brother were few and far between. Uh-oh. However, this one said, quote, Our dearest cousin, the Earl of Angus, <gasps> who we find to be your obedient, loving and faithful servant and husband, has secretly conveyed himself out of France, be now arrived and conveyed unto our presence, intending and minding none other thing but first to reconcile himself unto your grace and favour, and secondly, to interpose his help, study, travail and authority to the conducing of such good peace between us and that realm as may be for the weal and surety of the same." Unquote. So as soon as Albany's off the scene, then Angus is squirming out of the woodwork. Mm. So was Henry naive or scheming? <laughs> the more we do women during this time period, the more grateful I am that I live now. Yes. Like, incredibly grateful. Yeah. They have nothing, nothing, no recourse at all. Nothing at all. Mm. Margaret replied, and you can almost hear her gritted teeth, yes. quote, I hate that man. Dearest brother, as to my Lord Angus and me, where your grace desireth me to take him in my favour, as to that he hath not shown since his departing out of Scotland, that he desired my good will and favour, neither by writing nor word. But now he hath desired your grace to write to me, knowing well that there is none that I will do so much for as your grace. Why? He's been vile to her most of the time. Uh. But I trust, dearest brother, the king, in case you've forgotten, you're the king, <laughs> <laughs> hey. that, your, <laughs> that your grace will not desire me to do nothing that might hurt me, your sister, nor that may be occasion to hold me from the king, my son, both for his weal and mine, unquote. And that's what she's frightened of, that Angus might come stomping back into Scotland with Henry's backing, take over James's regency and sideline Margaret completely. Yeah. And he would. Yeah. Albany was someone she could make deals with. He was at least rational. Yes. There was another reason why she wouldn't want her husband home. She had developed... A liking, shall we say, for a man called Henry Stuart. Oh. He was treasurer for James's household. She had started out as his carver, but it was Margaret who'd raised him because you can't have an affair with a carver if, if you're the ex-queen of, of Scotland. Hmm. It's not known whether it has actually reached the affair level at this stage, but it certainly did later. He was a married man. She was a married woman. They were both seeking divorces. It was all a bit of a mess. Henry VIII had a bit of a rethink. If James were to be given more power, it would probably be Margaret he'd turn to, so it would be best to keep her sweet. To that end, he postponed sending Angus north. He also sent her money and, and I found this quite curious, a 200-man bodyguard. I mean, can you do that, send your own sh soldiers into a different country? I don't, yeah, that's a little militia. Yeah. We are yeah. not here to hurt you. We are just passing through. Yes. We're here to protect the king. Uh, are you? Really? Mm. Well, Wolsey, writing to the Earl of Surrey, who had now become the Duke of Norfolk, Thomas Howard, mm. 
put it quite blatantly, quote, The King and I think good that the Queen of Scots is to be used as a most propitious and convenient instrument in this matter, by all good ways possible, pretending that nothing shall be wrought but only by her means, pretending note, for it is no folly for a good archer to have two strings to his bow, especially whereas one is made of threads wrought by a woman's fingers, unquote. See, I liked Woolsey in Wolf Hall. <laughs> Jonathan Price. I'm not liking yes. him at all. <laughs> no. So they are going to pretend to, to Margaret that they're siding with her. All along, they've still got Angus, you know, should yeah. they need him. I so would not survive as a diplomat. I couldn't. I am not that deceitful. I tend to just blurt out the truth. <laughs> yes. Yeah, well, forget what, what, which lie you told last time. Perhaps that's why they will send diplomats in twos, because one can say, no, no, you said the opposite last Oh, God, did yeah, I? Sorry. Right. Don't, don't. Oh, shoot. <laughs> <laughs> or perhaps, that yes, one always tells the truth, one always lies. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> which one's which? Yes. 26th July, day after my birthday, 1524, James escaped from what was called his French guardians. Are they guardians if you have to escape from them? Or are they jailers? He met up with Margaret and together they rode into Edinburgh to the cheers of the people. James presided over Parliament and announced that Albany was no longer regent. So she's done it. It took some doing and a lot of toing and froing between the sides, but she has done it. Everyone has agreed. Everyone. And those that didn't were rounded up and imprisoned. <laughs> Henry gave James the Order of the Garter, so it's all looking good. Angus moved up country as far as Newcastle, where he stayed with the Duke of Norfolk. So he is poised not far over the border. Mm. I'm worried. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, I see him like a sort of toad. Sort of crouched there, just waiting. <laughs> just, I'm picturing him as Gollum. Yes. Yes, precious. <laughs> My precious. He wrote to Margaret, trying to arrange a reconciliation. But she sent that letter and all subsequent ones back unopened. Well, perhaps she should have opened them. Then she might have known Angus's plan to move into Scotland. Margaret was assured by the ambassadors from England that this hadn't been Henry's plan and that since Angus was there unofficially, she could now deal with him in her position as regent. So she's got him. Mm. If he moves into Scotland, she's got him. Mm. But that would only work if Angus played by the rules. Yes. But in November, Angus, known by some as the Earl of Anguish... <laughs> I love that. <laughs> I absolutely love that. <laughs> so nobody likes him. He scaled the walls of Edinburgh and let in 400 of his men. And Margaret's reaction, and she must have been dreaming of this for years, was to train her cannons on him and his men. <laughs> we're at a, we're at a Catherine's Ford some moment. Yes, we are. And the English, English ambassador begged her not to, but she just told him to go home. Yeah, I will take care of this man. <laughs> yeah, I've had enough. <laughs> so, well, sadly, four innocent people died in the ensuing fight, but oh. Angus fled. Of course he did. 
Margaret, who seems to have found her voice at last, wrote to her brother, quote, I think your grace should not have put the king, my son, in danger of his person, as he yeah. has now lately, through the said Earl of Angus, coming in the manner he came within the night. And now this realm may understand that your grace hath sent the said Earl of Angus to do me displeasure and to hold me in trouble daily. Not the less, it is right unkindly that your grace hath done, hath done this to me, your sister, unquote. And Henry's reaction to this letter? Rage. He apologised. What? <laughs> he said he'd stopped backing at Angus. Really? And actually, Henry was beginning to have his doubts about Angus anyway. He thought he might be in the pay of Francis. Really? Henry mm. apologised? Yes. That That is honestly shocking. Well, yeah, he thought that Angus... Was, had been sent there by Francis to behave so abominably that Margaret would be forced to break with Henry and would only have France to turn to. So although he wow. apologised, he didn't really do it for his sister. He did it because Francis it might have outmanoeuvred him. Um, probably not for the first time. <laughs> not for the last. No, the first time was during the wrestling match at the Plot yes. <laughs> of Gold. Margaret and Angus were still officially married, so she got in touch with Albany to ask what was happening with that divorce. He had travelled to Rome to mediate. Angus was actually garnering support, presumably based on the fact that he was the king's stepfather. If that link could be severed, maybe that support would drift away. There was a pamphlet going around accusing Margaret of misrule. And I don't know much about Margaret's rule. For all I know, she ruled incompetently. I don't know. Hmm. Or maybe it was her link with the English court that the people mistrusted. But she's trying to keep the peace. She's the only one trying to keep the peace. Yeah. Well, Angus couldn't play the English court card because obviously he's been living there. Yeah. There was a risk of civil war. Margaret's troops against Angus's troops. And Margaret was very keen to avoid that. A lot more so than Angus was. Wow. She sent him a conciliatory letter inviting him to attend Parliament, which he did with 2,000 mounted troops. Outwardly, it would appear that there had been a reconciliation. Margaret accompanied her son into Parliament and Angus carried the crown. But Margaret was still writing increasingly desperate letters to Albany, Francis I and the Pope, begging them to get the divorce sorted. She knew that for a wife to rise up against her husband was completely beyond the pale at this time. For a woman not to obey her husband was seen as petty treason. Yeah, oh, I forgot about that. Yeah. Only with the divorce would she be able to confront Angus. She asked help from Henry, but he said, no, you've been writing to the French, you can't expect help from me. Wait, okay, so at this time, they didn't actually have divorces. What was her... Annulment. Um, yeah, what I was her I don't know under what gr grounds. Um, I don't know, could, you've, could she have said he was a lunatic? Did they have that one then? Probably not. I don't know. He's been unfaithful living with his mistress, but I don't know if that was even grounds no, for... No, that would, that would surely cause an end to all but one of marriages at this time. Yeah. Because, I mean, everybody talks about Henry trying to divorce Catherine, but he actually wasn't. He was trying to get the marriage annulled. Yeah, that's why when, if you get the pub question about how many wives did Henry divorce, the answer is none. None, yeah. Mm. Her hopes for the, for the divorce were now scuppered. Not by Henry, and not by Angus. It's 1525, and an event has just taken place that we've met a couple of times before. 
Francis I was taken prisoner at the Battle of Pavia. He was no longer in any position to help Margaret. And Henry sent her a letter pretty much gloating over this fact. To appease him, Margaret had agreed that she and Angus would return to live as man and wife at Whitsuntide. And Google tells me that's the seventh Sunday after Easter. <laughs> Thank you. But she only agreed to this rather rash promise because she was convinced her divorce would have come through by then. She obviously didn't want to live with Angus. She hated him. She wanted to live with Henry Stuart, who had now moved into Stirling Castle with her. And the affair was obviously relatively common knowledge. At least Henry knew of it and was bitterly resentful on how it, re would, how it reflected on him. Uh, yeah. yeah, me, me, me. Yeah. I don't know anything about Scotland, so now I'm wondering how... How is the Stuarts related to England? Well, I imagine the Stuarts are quite a big family, and Henry Stuart, was, having been a carver, he presumably comes from a, a very poor tributary of this family. Okay. He's not. He's not up there. I mean, the kings are Stuarts, aren't they? Yeah, and Elizabeth and Mary were cousins. But yeah. I don't know how they're related. Mm. Hmm. I'd have to write it down. I can't. I can't visualize it. No. <laughs> Margaret thought she'd be safer if she stayed at Stirling, which meant she missed Parliament, which meant that the nobles were able to strip her of her rights as regent. She didn't she didn't have the rights as regent. That was set out in the very first will. I know. Well, she 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 nabbed the king. I mean, that's the thing, isn't it? Get if the king. He, yes, you are regent. Yeah. Whoever holds it. It's like him. capture the flag, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was decided that several nobles should have guardianship of the king on a three-monthly basis. Angus agreed to this, being one of the nobles. But when the time came for him to relinquish his turn... He point-blankly refused and of held on he to did. the king. Of course he did. Who thought that was going to work? Yeah, so Margaret had lost her son to the one man she really didn't want to have control over him. <laughs> Luckily for Margaret, many people felt that this was too much and began to fear how much power Angus had gained for himself and effectively all of it. In January 1526, Margaret headed to Nilithgow in person to try and recruit men to fight against Angus. And while she was there, she learned that Angus was also heading that way with soldiers to fight her supporters. At the head of his army was James V, her son. So her son is now fighting oh. her. Oh, willingly or unwillingly, do we know? We don't know at this stage. In June, Parliament decreed that James was old enough to take power himself. So they're trying to shake off Angus. How old is he? He's 14. 14. Mm. Well, he's only a year away from English yeah. law. What is Scottish, Scottish law? I, I'm not sure, but um, I mean, the idea is, yes, he's been getting there yeah. and it, it gets him out of Angus's clutches. Yeah. Ooh. Angus, in theory, agreed, but he didn't let the boy go. Of course not. They went everywhere together, so no one could get access to James and he made the boy sign a document saying how happy he was that Angus was there to guide and advise him. Of course he did. Angus was living dangerously. James managed to sneak letters out to his mother, telling her he hadn't wanted to sign. It make, makes you wonder, what had Angus done to him to make him sign? I'm thinking of that saying. What is it? 
woe to the country whose king is a child. Mm. It's, it's a biblical saying. And this is very much, look what happens. Yes. Yeah, it's not the child himself. It's all the people around him. Yeah. James was not far off his age of majority. And what would happen to Angus then if he'd done something unpleasant to the boy? There was an attempt to free James, organised by Margaret and the Earl of Lennox, but it was a failure, and Lennox and several others were killed. James watched it all, since Angus had made sure that he was there, so he knew that there was no escape. Mm. He then laid siege to Stirling Castle, so that Margaret and Henry Stuart were forced to run. Margaret was invited, if that's the word, to attend Parliament, where Angus told her that if she wanted to see her son again, she was to agree with Angus about absolutely everything, Otherwise, she'd be sent into exile, never to see James again. Oh, gosh. Since everything she did was to be with her boy, she reluctantly agreed. Again, he's her husband. You're meant to agree with your husband, aren't you? Mm. And Margaret was able to spend a few months with her son. However, Margaret then blew it. She was missing Henry Stuart, and she asked if he could move in as well. What? Mm. <laughs> that's some audacity <laughs> isn't it but unfortunately her son James hadn't known about the affair before but he knew now uh oh and the person who seems to have told him was that inveterate gossip Thomas Woolsey uh oh James said no Margaret was still married Henry Stewart was still married they could not live together as if everything were normal in his court yeah Margaret lost her temper and stormed off back to Stirling Castle Effectively, she's chosen her lover over her son. Mm, those women that do that. Er. Yes. But in December, she heard that her divorce had come through, which must have been a great relief. Wow. Well, tempered somewhat by the fact that it had actually come through the previous February, but no one had thought to tell her. <sighs> her brother was in no position to complain since he's now seeking his own divorce from Catherine of Aragon. <laughs> Hypocrite! <laughs> yes. However, when she married Henry Stuart, as soon as it was legally possible to do so, Henry VIII sent her a letter, quote, that for the weal of your soul, avoid eternal damnation. Relinquish the adulterous company of him that is not, nor may not be, of right, your husband, unquote. Wait, did Henry Stuart manage to get a divorce as well? He must have done, because they get married. Or his wife died. But yeah, well, yeah. So why is Henry saying that's adulterous? Well, yeah, I think he's just saying, you know, can't just keep marrying people, can you? Says the man who's just <laughs> broken his 20-year marriage. <laughs> so he can marry Anne Boleyn. Oh, it's good for the goose, it's good for the gander. Well, it seems to be better for ganders than for geese, don't they? Yes. If Henry's reaction was unhelpful, that was nothing compared to Angus's and James. They laid siege to Stirling Castle until Henry Stuart was delivered to them. Wow. I'm not sure about James's motive. That feels a little overboard. Well, was it jealousy that his mother's love had been taken up elsewhere? Or was he still under Angus's thumb? But Angus's motive isn't hard to see. As Margaret's husband, he'd had, or had felt he had, right to her lands and property. Now those rights would go to Henry Stuart. Yeah. Does Henry treat her better than Angus? Let's see. 
Oh, I can see by the face of your expression. There is there is no way she's going to be treated well. Oh, goodness. Thank God I'm not a woman of that time period. She's a bit of a Catherine Gordon, I'm afraid. Oh. James was fed up with Angus. So much so that one night he announced he was going to go to bed early. He sneaked out of the castle, jumped on a horse and rode as fast as he could to Stirling Castle to be with Mum. Angus tried to follow him, but James put a restraining order on him. Who knew there were restraining orders? Wow! <laughs> and forbade him or any of his men from coming within seven miles of the castle. In September 1528, Angus was accused of treason and of keeping the king against his will. Henry VIII wrote insisting that Angus should be pardoned. What? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what his thinking is, unless Angus is going to say, Henry made me do it. <laughs> <laughs> James wrote back, telling his uncle that if Angus should seek his protection, he should refuse it. And this incident coloured the two men's relationships from then on. James discovered that Henry was paying Angus an annual pension of £1,000 and had allowed him and his retinue into England from where they were conducting raiding parties in, into Scotland whenever the fancy took him. Oh, that's nice, uncle. Well, yeah, James was beginning to loathe his stepfather and to loathe his uncle. Yeah. And that feeling was reciprocal. Henry referred to Margaret as, quote, the mother of our enemy, unquote. Oh, wow. So anyone who says that Henry was an easygoing young man before his jousting accident needs only to look at his attitude to his sister and nephew. No kidding. So he's just always been a jerk. Yes. <laughs> yes, he has. <laughs> <laughs> Margaret is less hardline than her son. If Angus stayed away from Edinburgh and forgot about this holding the reins of power nonsense, as far as she was concerned, he could do as he liked. I do like her feeling that peace is best at yes. all, all costs. Yeah. Henry Stuart was named Lord Methven to give him a status worthy of Margaret, and that's why she's Lady Methven. The one fly in the ointment is that Angus had taken custody of their daughter, little Margaret, little Margaret Douglas. Ah, uh, but James could step in and tell him to release her. Well, she's is now this... in Henry's court. Oh. For reasons we'll see later when we do the episode about her. Okay. Having fought to get him, Margaret was not going to leave James's side now. They went on summer progress together in 1529. He was 17, and maybe at an age where he didn't want his mum tagging along. Yeah, mum! Yes. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> he's probably spitting on a, on a hanky and rubbing his face. <laughs> they went to the residence of the Earl of Atoll, who spent £3,000 accommodating them. He built a temporary palace for them where they spent the summer hunting in the beautiful highlands. And they killed over 600 animals, so that sounds oh. idyllic. Afterwards, the palace was burnt to the ground, which was apparently the custom after your guest left. What? You don't need it anymore. Scotland doesn't have that much wood. <laughs> no, no. Well, a lot of it had been denuded building James IV's giant ship. What? Hmm. What an insane custom. Mm. That is not sustainable in any way. No, I it was fairly irrelevant to the story, but I just it just leapt out at me and I thought, wow. <laughs> yeah, wow. Yes, next time people come to stay, I shall set fire to the guest room after they've gone. 
1533, Henry called for a meeting with James. And to put this in context, he's just received his divorce from Catherine, he's married Anne Boleyn and has broken from Rome. Margaret was delighted. It's always sad to have dissension in a family and she'd hoped for reconciliation between her brother and son. James was less keen, as were his advisers, especially the Scottish church, who now saw Henry as a heretic. Yeah, he was. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it seems that James agreed, presumably reluctantly, but when you read Margaret's letter to Henry, you'd think that he was wildly excited at the prospect. He, quote, loves your grace better than any man living next to himself and will take your part, his person and his realm against all living creatures under God, unquote. Liar. But she added rather pertinently, quote, without you first fail unto him, which he trusts shall never be, unquote. <laughs> yes. So the fault's in your court, Henry. She pointed out that he was her only brother. She was his only sister since Mary had died that year. So tugging on his heartstrings. What Margaret hadn't realised was that she was out of the loop now. James didn't need her anymore. He was a king in his own right and had yes. his own advisers. Mum was irrelevant now. And she hadn't really been there enough. Well, no, I can't say that. I was going to say she hadn't been there enough to develop that deep bond between mother and son. But Margaret Beaufort and Henry were almost never together and they still ended up deeply devoted to each other. Yeah, and he must have realised that she did everything she could to be with him. Yeah. Hmm. And when they were apart, it wasn't her doing, ever. But she was so naive that she spent £20,000 on clothes for the meeting. That she was, pla that was, was planning to take place at York or Newcastle. So it must have been quite a shock when James said, no, I'm not going. <gasps> he even tried to accuse her of trying to lure him over to England into the hands of his enemy. And they had oh. a flaming row, row about it. Ooh. And it's a tragic moment. Everything she's done, she's done for her son. And she's done her best to be with him, even when everything was stacked against her. And she's tried to protect him. And now he's grown up, or thinks he is, and he's saying to mum, I don't need you anymore. Yeah, but she's also, he's probably been raised in a manner telling him that she was awful. He was with Angus for quite a long time. Mm. Yeah, and she did choose Henry Stuart over him. Yeah, and I wonder how much the council would have said if, it, when she was in England, like your mother has abandoned you. Yes. That would leave a mark. Yeah, he was only about five at that time, so... Yeah. Yeah, Margaret thought to take matters into her own hands and wrote to Henry to suggest that she come to talk to him herself without James. Yes, I've had enough. I'm coming. <laughs> we need to speak in person. She doesn't because she receives oh. a rather catty reply from Thomas Cromwell asking oh. what, what on earth would be the point of that. Oh! You know you've passed your prime, really, don't you? <laughs> All her life, she just keeps getting nasty yeah. people. I don't want you. I don't want you. I don't want you. Oh, mm. she must just be at this point, like broken. You'd have to be so resilient. Either that or very thick skinned. Yes. Yeah. Well, she's got Henry Stewart, Lord Methvin. But you said he wasn't. I didn't, I didn't say. I didn't say anything. You said you we'll just... see, but your <laughs> facial expression was no. Well, Henry was in no mood to help Margaret. 
Not only did he have his own problems, having just executed Anne Boleyn, but Margaret's daughter, Margaret Douglas, who was hanging out in Henry's court, had secretly married Anne Boleyn's uncle, Thomas Howard, and Henry had had them both thrown in prison. Really? Mm -hmm. She meant what? Isn't he... They didn't ask. I'm going to ask. I'm going to ask Henry. Stay tuned to the next episode. Well, season. Season, yes. (laughs) (laughs) As a result, he was right off Margaret's troublesome family. Margaret begged him, begged Henry to be lenient with her daughter and even to send her to Scotland. You know, a typical parental response. My daughter's in trouble. Come home. Yeah. But Henry sent her to a nunnery to rethink her life. Oh. So she's not in prison anymore. Well, sort of. James was a bit of a worry to his mother, too. He was a bit of a chip off the old block in that he was gathering around him a collection of illegitimate children. Five to date. <laughs> How old is he? <laughs> I think he's still in his teens, possibly oh, early twenties. He, so <laughs> <laughs> he is so happy. <laughs> well, they needed to put a stop to this. It was time for him to marry. That's not gonna stop it. It's just gonna give him one legitimate line, hopefully. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> well, he wanted to marry his mistress. But that was stamped down on hard. Why not? He's the king. He could do it secretly like Edward IV. He could do. <laughs> Margaret wanted him to marry Princess Mary. But she was now Ew. illegitimate. Well, she was illegitimate now, thanks to Henry's divorce from Catherine. And they're first so. cousins still. Yeah. Ew. Albany suggested Catherine de Medici. Oh. Francis offered him Marie de Guise, Marie de Bourbon, and Isabel... No, not and. Or, or. <laughs> Isabel of Navarre. He probably hoped it was and. <laughs> James plumped for Marie de Bourbon. Not sure why. In September 1536, he set off to France, rather surprisingly, leaving Margaret as regent. Oh. But hers is a life of ups and downs. Yes, she was regent, but she found out a few unpalatable truths about her new husband. Uh-oh. Not only was he stealing from her, but he was housing his mistress at her expense. Ah. More than a touch of deja vu there, I think. Yeah. She filed for divorce. Oh, you know what? I now know where Mary Queen of Scots gets her poor taste in husbands. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, Grandma. <laughs> Well, you begin to think that arranged marriages are so much better because if you look at Catherine Gordon, I mean, I would argue that Perkin Warbeck was her best husband. (laughs) And definitely for Margaret, James IV was easily her best husband. Yeah. I mean, he didn't steal from her. He gave her things. Yes. She wrote to Henry complaining about her husband and her son. They had both treated her appallingly, she said. In fact, she said that in many, many, many letters, most of which went unanswered. <laughs> which means it was really, really, really bad. Yes. When Henry did eventually reply, he didn't seem to know what she wanted of him. Did she want him to remonstrate with James and the man that he called Lord Muffin? <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Yes, I do. Hello, Lord Muffin. <laughs> yes. Do you know the Muffin Man? <laughs> Or did she want him just generally to sympathise with her? Say, oh, I know, I'm men. <laughs> Henry sent sent Ralph Sadler to Scotland. We're getting all the all the big names from Henry's reign yes. now, aren't we? With two hundred pounds for Margaret, 
And when he got back, presumably having had an earful of Margaret's woes, he told Henry that things weren't great for her. So Henry sent him over to France to sort things out with James. James didn't marry Marie de Bourbon, but he'd gone one better and had married Francis I's daughter, Madeleine. What? Yeah. But that's not... Like I said, I don't know his life, but that's not Mary, Queen of Scots' mum. No, it's not. Hmm. No. Ralph Sadler told him that of his mother's financial prediction, uh, predicament. Prediction? <laughs> <laughs> I am going to be poor. <laughs> <laughs> it seems to have been a case of out of sight, if out of mind, since when he heard about it, James immediately wrote to the council and Henry Stuart, Lord Muffin, telling them to help his mother. <laughs> <laughs> and it put to put people off siding with Margaret's plans to divorce him, Methvin was putting around the rumour that she only wanted to divorce him so that she could remarry Angus. No. Yeah. No, it's not true, but No. <laughs> no. <laughs> that would what a be horrible insane. Man. We would immediately think, okay, this woman needs to get some help. Like mental help. The yes. This man was her son's carver. She raised him up, married him, and he treats her like this. 19th of May, James and Madeleine arrived back on Scottish soil. And by the 7th of July, she was dead. Oh, goodness. Mm, probably tuberculosis. Francis had been reluctant to let her go for that reason, and he was probably wishing he hadn't. Oh, yeah, Scotland's damp. Mm, That's right. not good for tuberculosis. No. Oh. Margaret was still pushing for her divorce, but it was James who refused it. Apparently, he believed the rumours that she had planned to go back to Angus. And she was so furious and heartbroken that she decided to return to England and she headed for the border. But James's men caught up with her and took her to Stirling Castle. Margaret wrote to Cromwell, of all people, saying, quote, The king, my son, is more unkind to me daily, unquote. Well, he is. He's just imprisoned her. And James seems to have gone off the rails at this point. He had it in for the Angus family, having the sister of Margaret's husband burnt at the stake for witchcraft. <gasps> what? Despite a marked lack of evidence against her, and he made her little son watch. What? Why do these sons of doting mothers all end up so badly? That's horrific. It really is. Mm. I went back to... Um, Rex Factor and listen to uh, James V's episode so to find out what, what he was like. Jane Seymour had died, so Henry was probably on the hunt for another wife. And it turned out that Henry and James were after the same woman, Marie de Guise. Right, because she was meant to be a tall woman. <laughs> Her well, and Christine yeah. of Denmark. Yes, Mary refused to marry Henry, saying, quote, I may be big in person, but my neck is small, unquote. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Christina of Denmark said, if I had two heads, I would happily put one at the disposal of the King of England. <laughs> <laughs> also, Francis I wanted to bring down the, the powerful de Guise family. Well, bring them down a bit, a peg yes, or two. bring them down so, a peg. Yes. So he advocated a marriage to James being the less powerful of the two. Margaret wrote to Henry asking for money for clothes for the wedding, but he didn't reply. He had previously said, quote, you must not ask me to disperse notable sums merely because you are my sister, unquote. Well, who else is she supposed to ask? 
Well, she's back with her husband. Oh. So presumably she's now getting... Yeah, but if he's a carver, he's got no money. Well, he's now... He's got her money. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. She got on well with her daughter-in-law. And in 1541 was the grandmother of two boys. Ah, Sadly, well, these two boys died within days of each other, even though they weren't in the same household. It was just a horrific coincidence. Gosh. Yeah. In September, Henry and James planned a meeting in York. Henry got there first and organised a lavish reception to greet his nephew. James got as far as the border, changed his mind and went home. Or did he always intend to humiliate Henry? Oh. Mm. If this, if that was the case, it succeeded because Henry was so humiliated that he told the Duke of Norfolk to ravage the borderlands. Margaret must have felt devastated. I didn't find any correspondence to her from Henry, but we can be sure that he'd have blamed her. Oh, yes. Yep, yep. She'd been pushing for this meeting for years and then when it looked as if it was all going to come off... Her awful son just sort of scuppered it. She became ill and thought she had a stroke. She didn't appear to think this was the end since she didn't make a will and she didn't think she needed the administration of priests, despite having become very pious, because she really wasn't when she was very young. Well, she's got nobody else to turn to. No. James was told and rode down to see her, but he didn't get there in time. She had asked him to be lenient to Angus and to look after her daughter, Mary Douglas, and to pass on all her jewels to her, to Mary Douglas. Then she slipped into a coma and died on the 18th of October, 1541, at the age of 15 Without being with a priest, that would have been... Yes. James carried on his vendetta with the Angus family, and he didn't pass the jewels on to his half-sister, but kept them for himself takes after his uncle and his dad's and every other man we've come across yes her husband lord muffin married his mistress soon after margaret's death margaret was given a lavish funeral but during the protestant reformation her tomb was ransacked and her bones scattered and burnt oh so both her body and that of her first husband rather undignified ends no kidding and that is the constantly tragic story no kidding (laughs) I mean, she she must have had some happy moments. We hope. Well, the, the happiest times seem to she be... Was with her son. Well, with her son and with the first husband. But even with the first husband, so many of her children died. Yeah. It's just one after another. There was only Alexander and James, and then Alexander died. Gosh. And James is awful. Yes. So, mm. Okay, shall so, we rate her? Let's do that. Let's do this thing. And fibbly. Intrigue. Well, she did a lot of scheming. But she was... I felt she was... Did any of it carry off? (laughs) Well, I felt she was beaten by three factors. She was too close to England and to Henry. The Scots didn't like the English for some reason. Not sure why. (laughs) (laughs) Secondly, she had married Angus which had proved to be a complete disaster. And thirdly, Scotland had suddenly become an important player on the European stage. At least that part of the stage, European stage, that involved an ongoing feud between France and England. When you said three reasons, I thought you were going to name each husband. <laughs> well, yes. So whether she was successful at any time depended on the state of play between Francis and Henry. 
She did technically commit treason and petty treason. Yes, she also stopped wars. Yes, she did. But she did tell Henry she, he could start a war if people were mean to her. Yeah. I'm actually going to give her an eight because some of that was really audacious of her. It is. Sending the troop movements to, to the enemy. Yes, it's huge. She's often described by historians as manipulative, which is one of those strange... Strangely gendered words, isn't it? You know, yes. Men, men might intrigue, but women manipulate. Yes. I'm, yeah, I'm going with an eight. I, I think so. She, I think she did a lot of scheming because she had to. Yeah, she? There was, she didn't have any other options. <laughs> no. So that's 16, 16. for Amphiboli. stasis. It's rise and fall. Well, she was a princess, she became queen. And then she stopped being queen. But that was pretty much what you'd expect, isn't it? Yeah, it also was not her real doing, yeah. honestly. So, like. It was more she... of a career path that was being set out for her. By birth. By birth and by circumstance. No, if she had managed to become regent and stay regent, that if would she... have been spectacular. Yes, especially if she'd been married at the time when she wasn't really meant to. Yes. <laughs> yeah, she did get the regency for a while, even then she was when she wasn't supposed to. Yes, yes, but it was it was it was touch and go all the time. She was very mm -hmm. rarely um, solid in the in the in the role, was she? Was... Yeah. I want to give her a one because she did go up, but she also ended up poor because of her husband choices. Yes. And other than that, really, it wasn't, wasn't that much of a change in trajectory. I'm inclined to give her more because Rise and Fall includes the fall. And she, Ooh, yeah. she was very poor at a time. Well, I mean, relatively poor. It wasn't starving, but... Yeah, imprisoned by her son. Yes. Yeah. Okay, yeah. I'm going to go for a three, I think. Yeah, I think I will she too. came down further than you might expect. Yeah, so six for anti-peristasis. Martyrdom. Well, she gave up everything for her son. Yes. And he wasn't grateful. Well, he might have been grateful when he was younger, but certainly wasn't when he was older. No. But constantly she put herself in danger and put herself in horrible situations where she had to go back to husbands she didn't want to be with. Yes. Just so she could be with him. And she sided with Albany and... Then she didn't, and then she did, all all to be with James. With James, yeah. I'm an eight. Yeah, I think that's a high one. Yeah. It's not it's not religious martyrdom, but she put herself in a lot of risk for this yeah. horrible brat. <laughs> yes. Like the chances of her being executed were pretty much non existent, but at the same yeah. time she did end up imprisoned. Yes, she did. Yeah. I'm gonna I'm go gonna for go seven, for just seven? to give a bit of leeway for people who have really done know, burnt to death for these things. Yeah. So that is a 15 for martyrdom. Beating. <laughs> Zero. <laughs> she, there's a book about her that's called The Forgotten Tudor Princess. <laughs> like, she is forgotten. Well, yes, yeah, she is. But through her marriage to James IV, the Scottish and English crowns were unified under her great-grandson, James oh, I and yeah. Sixth. 
If she hadn't married James... Yeah, but she didn't have a choice in that. She didn't have a choice. Not at all. But she would be famous as the one that made it possible later on when we do, when we finally finish the Elizabethan era. So I think something for that. We, you didn't mention her starting libraries or sponsoring universities or no. being the patron of specific churches. We got no. nothing of that. No. And I read three books on her, and they didn't mention anything about that. And, of course, she's going to have a king as a son. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to give her a token, too, I think, for being, for being the one that enabled the joining together of the two countries later on. But she only enabled that by having a son. She didn't work to do that. She didn't work to do it. I'm, I'm going to give oh, no a, a one a token okay. one. Okay, I'm giving her a one because I think okay. all you did was have a baby. <laughs> like really? <laughs> yeah, and well, she hung on to him. She yes. wouldn't let him go. Yeah. <laughs> flaunt a bleeding flaunt. What does she look like? Well, there's I've got two pictures of her. And I'm going to describe them this time because I noticed we've lost that portion of our, our <laughs> episode. We keep forgetting to describe them. So there's two here. They're, One looks younger than the other. on the website. If you look on the website, I put yeah. all the, the pictures. So the young one, she's a, a little plump girl. Like she's quite rounded in the face. Mm, she is. Just like my chubby cheeks. <laughs> uh, reddish brown hair. She's got a lovely Tudor gown on with quite a bit of jewelry. That's an ornamental mm. cross. Yeah, she's straight line nose, nice thick lips, yeah. dark eyes. It looks like she's got some beautiful dark eyes. And then the second one is quite a bit less well done. Yes. She's wearing a lovely crown. That is quite the crown. It is quite, yeah, it doesn't look comfy. Yeah, her neckline has changed. Like, the outfit has quite changed. So she's now wearing a full headdress instead of the Anne Boleyn-style headdress, mm. which is interesting because that looks exactly like the French headdress that Anne Boleyn makes popular later in life in her young portrait. Yeah. Because her hair is now showing again, and that was considered scandalous when Anne showed up with it. Whereas the other one, she looks as if... I mean, she, she's, she's a nun wearing a crown. Yes, and also she's she has a look of having suffered a bit, doesn't she? Yes, she does. She's, she's quite much gaunt. thinner. The face is not nearly as happy. Mm. She's she is gaunt, but I'm wondering if that's just the painter not using enough might be like, peach color in her skin. She's yes, white. she's she quite she's quite um, grayish yes, white, drained. Yes, yeah, but the headdress is very reminiscent of a nun, so it's a. It's a head covering, black on the outside, white on the inside, it looks like. Do you think that might be because she's older and perhaps wearing the more modest thing is maybe a bit more of a young girl's thing? Possibly. Yeah, much higher neckline. It's all the way up to the neck instead of just above the breasts. Mm -hmm. And it's all black, like she's in mourning, which I can yes. see why. Yeah. yeah. But still, we have two portraits and we get to see a woman as she's aging, which is lovely. Mm. We don't usually get that. 
No. And I quite like how it feels like the second portrait indicates her life. Yes, it's she's had a hard life. It's dark. And it looks the background like it. looks like it's crying almost. <laughs> I really like those. Yeah. I I'm it doesn't have the symbology that we're really looking for. No, it doesn't. I mean it's got a crown. But I'm still going to go for a nine because the fact that Having we have said two, oh? that that's one's much older than the other one. Why mm -hmm. would she be wearing a crown? Do you wear crowns if you're a regent? Maybe it was made while she was queen. Yeah, well, so she'd be... Yeah, but the other one was done when she was in the Tudor court. Yeah. So she's... So she mm. might not actually be that old. No. In that picture. <laughs> that would be when she was with uh, James... Yeah, but she's lost all her children. Yeah, and I yeah. think we can probably blame the artist as well for yes for that. He might have just had a different take on these things. Yeah, she looks like she's in her 30s, and I guess she wouldn't be when she was queen. No. No. I'm still going for a nine. I really like the fact that we have a transition between her ages. Mm-hmm. And the fact that it, it honestly does look like you can see she's lost her children and she's struggled. Yes. Yes, she's... The first one, she looks quite... Imagine her being quite giggly and bouncy and things. Yeah. The, the, the young one, but the other one... Well, she's got a bit of a smile in the young one. The upper... Yes. Her older one looks very... Like she's given up. Yeah. Um, I'm not going for a nine. I might go for a... Because we haven't got the... Symbolism that we want. I think I'll go for a seven. Okay. Still a good score. No, that is... What is that? That's 16, so that's eight. Yes. So a total of 47 for Margaret. Gosh. Well done, Margaret. Yeah, she's done well. Yeah. So, why don't we have something to consider? Yes. Are they too delicious or what? I'm sorry, I don't think so. No, I don't. She I didn't can't... manage to claw out enough independence. Yeah. She made some daft decisions. Yes, she married <laughs> some horrible husbands. <laughs> and you get the impression she was, although we've said she was uh, did a lot of intrigue, you get the impression she was out of her depth a bit with it. Yeah. She didn't really know what she was doing. Politics was not her forte. No. Um, I was going to say, why would it be? Well, yes, if she wants to be the regent, that's why <laughs> yes. it should be. <laughs> yeah, kind no. of important there. <laughs> no, she decided to go back into obscurity. Fine, she wouldn't need to, to know, but yeah. Yeah. No, I'm sorry, Margaret. It's, um, no, it's just... She's not got that agency, is she? That no. We've seen other women claw out independence. Yeah, I mean, if, if it would take a um, Margaret Fostria or someone like that. Yeah. Completely different. Yeah. She did her best for her son. Mm-hmm. But I'm sorry, sorry, Margaret. I feel bad because, you know, she had one hell of a life. Yeah, and she got rejected over and over and over again. Yeah. We just rejected her too. we're doing it. Yes. Sorry. Oops. We don't want you either. No. So, oh, get to choose somebody else. Yes, yes. 
Let right. me pick, it's time. Okay. I can't think who we got left now. Not that many. Ooh, you're still not coming into England again. Okay. It is Charles VIII, the King of France. Ah. That will be interesting. That will be very interesting. Because, yeah, from what I've read about him, people had very, very low opinion of him. Everybody. <laughs> yes. And yet... Oh, you're going to end up having to cover his sister. Essentially. Yes, possibly. Unless we do her as a cameo. I'm not sure. I will look and see what's required. I feel like she's going to need more than a cameo after doing Anne of Brittany. She might be a tip-off cameo. <laughs> yes. 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 Well, actually, she, she does have links with England anyway, doesn't she? Because yes, she does. Henry turns up in court. So, yes. yes. Well, she could have her own. I'll see, I'll see what there is okay. available. And we, we might decide. have to add her to our list. Oh. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> All right. Yeah, I'll enjoy doing Charles. Excellent. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we are going to have to go back to Italy, though, because uh, um, that was his big moment, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Still, I would say it will make a lot more sense if you've done, if you heard the Patreon episodes, because we've been to Italy quite often. Yes, and we've covered some of the other players that he ended up encountering. Yes. So I'm not saying you all have to become patrons, but it will make a lot more sense if you do. <laughs> <laughs> that is the end of our episode on Margaret Tudor, or Margaret, Queen of Scots. We hope Mar you've enjoyed Margaret it. Muffin. <laughs> Margaret Muffin. Margaret <laughs> Muffin. We hope you've enjoyed it, and will join us for the next episode on Charles VIII. Well, in fact, it might not be because we're going to have a spin-off episode Ooh. given J James IV's little hobby. And we might have a spin-off episode on Tudor dentistry. Tudor dentistry. Yes. <laughs> As I want to hold each one of my teeth. I'm sorry. I've already done the research for it. Yes. Awesome. I'm, my teeth hurt at the end of it. <laughs> okay. Well, okay. Thank you for listening. You can find details of the podcast and contact us on... time. When shall we three meet again? In thunder, lightning, or in rain? Out, out, damn spot. Goodbye. Goodbye. Scottish play, you see. Scottish play. <laughs> <laughs> Scottish play. <laughs> <laughs> So very beautiful.
some skirt in every party is so very bandy A girl of wine at every shrine is modus operandi Since the flesh you live in a crash together in Sterling Castle Now you've married me, my dear, your wandering days are past With empty brats who swarm like bats and they all call you daddy Don't think you'll get away with it, I'm warning you, my laddie He is well built beneath his guilt With a drinking bout, he puts it about just like a common sailor. He's caught us like a sewer, and I blame Dayalina. With a strange hobby, I feel groggy, and I'm going to tell the truth. Now he's coming with the pliers. There goes my last tooth. Ow!